Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. And Jesus said unto them, reading from Matthew chapter 17, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, He's answering the question, Why could we not cast him out because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if ye have faith somebody say faith as a grain of mustard seed ye shall say somebody say that's me ye shall say unto this mountain Remove hence to yonder place. And I love the emphatic declaration that our Lord gives his disciples. And it, it, it spans through time and into where we are in this dispensation. And it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind. Goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want to preach to you, and it's going to be a little bit of an emphatic declaration that I just feel led of the Holy Ghost to bring to you today. And some of you are about to get some bold tenacity in your walk with God and in your spirit today. And it's just simply an anthem of declaration. That you're going to look at some mountains before you leave today and when you enter into this new week. And you're just going to have a boldness to simply say, get out of my way. Somebody say that with me. Get out of my way. Have you ever been in a hurry and something was standing in front of you or something was standing uh, blocking you from your destination? Many of you have sat in traffic and you, you, you have gripped that steering wheel and, well, we won't say what you said out loud, but uh, there were some words you probably had to repent to the Lord over when you went, I just wish they would get out of my way. I, I, I'm going somewhere, but they need to hurry. They need to get out of my way. I just feel like telling somebody, you're about to tell the devil and some mountains that are standing in front of you today. Get out of, would somebody say that with me? Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Hallelujah. If you're going to help me preach today, would you just pray with me? Father, I thank you that you have called, called me to this desk for such an hour as this. And I'm praying right now, God, that you would help every thought the words that will be spoken, the things that will be said. And let us believe the report of the Lord. Let us believe what you want to say today to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Feel such a, an unction of the Holy Ghost that has slipped into this room today. Do we have any mountain climbers in this, in this audience today? You like to go mountain climbing? I know we've got a few over here. There, any rock climbers? I know there's some. I see some rock climbers over. As you can tell, I'm, I haven't climbed too many mountains, and I ain't went up too many rock walls. But, um, but there are a few in here, and we've got a, a, a good community life group. If that is something you would like to do and something you'd like to get involved in, you need to see... Brother Stephan and Sister Kara, because they can help you fulfill that desire in you to, to do all of, those, uh, all of those things outside, outdoors. But uh, when I think of mountains, when I think of climbing a mountain or climbing a rock wall, 
um, I, I, I look at life and I begin to realize that mountains can be hard to climb. Mount, if you don't have the right shoes, it becomes even more difficult. If you're not dressed in the, in the proper clothing, it can be even more difficult. But when you look at the word mountain and you look at the, uh, the imagery that mountains give us when we think and we look at a mountain, uh, mountains have oftentimes been in imagery and when, when, when they're being pinned by the author that mountains symbolize hardships. They symbolize difficulties. They symbolize struggles. And when you, when you look at those that have penned words to songs and when, when they would write songs such as, ain't no mountain high enough. There's no mountain high enough. And then life is like a mountain railroad. And, and then, then we get on the opposite end of that spectrum and Vince Gill writes a song, Go Rest High on That Mountain. But mountains, as a general rule, when we think of mountains and we look at mountains in the Word of God, they represent problems to be solved or obstacles to be overcome or crosses to be buried or burdens to be borne or troubles to be triumphed over and difficulties to be dealt with. Also, Mountains are a place that God would call Abraham to offer his son to be a sacrifice. And we look at mountains and there, there's always something to conquer. There's always something to sacrifice. It's always a test. It's a, it's a hardship. It's a family crisis. It's, it's death. It's loss. It's sickness. It's a diagnosis you wasn't prepared for and, and you woke up this morning and you're facing a mountain. We've all, under the sound of my voice, we have looked and we have seen in our own lives mountains. And mountains become in many ways and in many seasons of life distractions. They become hindrances and we don't progress as fast as we would like to in life and many times mountains get in our way and we, we get stuck and we wonder, God, what are you doing? All I see is a mountain sitting in front. All I can see is the mountain that, that pikes peak from the base of that mountain. It looks, matter of fact, the top of it is lost in the clouds. I can't even see the top of the mountain. And many of you walked into this sanctuary today and it looks to you. The clouds are hanging low. The mountain peak is out of sight. But I've come to remind you in scripture today that God says in his word that if I can have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's not very big. That's about the size of the end of a number two pencil when it's sharpened. We're not talking about just a monstrosity of an amount of faith that you and I need. But Jesus put it so simple like he did the day to those disciples. If you can just muster up enough faith the size of a mustard seed that mountain that looked insurmountable that problem that diagnosis that fear that unbelief if I could just get you to hear and believe the word today that mountain can get out of the way get out of the way somebody say get out of the way the Bible says, if I say to the mountain. One thing I've said in this pulpit, it, it seems like 14 years, and I, I don't mean to be repetition, but we learn by repetition. Your pastor cannot speak to your mountains. I can talk about your mountains. I can give you a description of your mountain. But your mountain only responds to your voice. Your mountain only responds when you get enough faith on the inside of you that would come up out of you. And it comes out of your mouth 
And the thing that looked impossible and, and the mountain that looked like it would be the end of the story. And you, you would just look over your life and it's one mountain after another mountain. If those mountains are ever going to move, hear me. If those mountains are ever going to get, get out of the way, it's going to be because you begin to open up your mouth. And you begin to speak some things into existence that nobody else can do. My wife can't speak to my mountains. I can't speak to her mountains. We can agree in faith. But until I get enough boldness inside of me that says, I've suffered long enough. I've looked at this mountain. I've stared at this mountain. This mountain's become a mockery to me. Until I open my mouth, nothing changes. Nothing moves. Nothing gets out of the way. And here is what I want to bring home to you this morning. Faith. Somebody say faith. One thing that I have learned about faith. Faith has its derivement or its genesis in how you think. If you think it will never move, it will never move. If you think... I don't know if this is ever going to get better. You know what? It ain't never going to get better. Because how you think is how you will become. For the wise writer in Proverbs says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Think you can't? You probably won't. Think you can? You probably will. So, Pastor, are you saying my thoughts are my faith? Well, I will tell you that your thoughts will manifest your faith. Your thoughts will begin to manifest your faith. Because I'm telling you, you hang around someone negative very long, they're going to let you know. Their mouth is going to let you know what they believe. You hang around someone long enough that is struggling, but they can see beyond the struggle and they begin to declare, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know God's going to come. You, you hear me? It's because a man or a woman, a boy or a girl gets their thought process adjusted to believe that God can. Those with great faith didn't start with great faith. They started with small thoughts that became greater and greater and greater. You see, it's the small things that no one sees. It results in the big things that everybody wants. One thing I've learned about people that live for God People who live for God and people who see mountains moved consistently. Let me tell you what they do. They speak faith-filled promises consistently while others occasionally. What you do occasionally is what you're going to get occasionally. But what I do consistently is going to become more productive in my life. I'm going to see it take root and take place. And I'm going to see. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the levels of our systems. How we think. How we behave. How we act. How many want God to do great things in your life? How many want to God to do, just do the miraculous? You know what? how it's going to start? It's going to start by doing the little things. Coming to church when you don't feel like coming to church. Clap your hands when you don't feel like clapping your hand. Pay your tithes when you don't have it. Inviting somebody to church when you don't even want to go yourself. That's what happens when you begin to do that. Mountains are getting ready to. Move out of the way. Because it's your thoughts. This has just been in my spirit so strong. We are what we repeatedly do. You don't wake up one moment and, you know, an alcoholic is not an alcoholic overnight. How does someone qualify to be an alcoholic? They keep drinking. What? A drug addict is not a drug addict the first time he uses drugs. But the more you do it, 
the more you be, you're identified with what you are doing. Why can't we flip the script on hell and every demon of hell that has plagued some of you and you begin to say, this mountain will be moved. I will be what I repeatedly do. If I'm faithful, I'll be known as a generation of the faithful. If I am... Whatever I am, it will be because I repeatedly do it. Just because you give one time don't mean you're a giver. But when you do it consistently, just because you're compassionate one time doesn't mean you're full of compassion. It takes repeated action. Mountains will begin to move through discipline. What do you mean, pastor, discipline? It's when you begin to choose what you want now. The difference between what you want now and what you want most. We're in, in an instant gratification society. We want it now. We want it our way. We want it how we want it. But God is asking the church today that my mountain will move. But it may be predicated on what you want most versus what you are doing right now. Some of you entered into this new year, and I hate to go back to Wednesday night service, but you made some commitments to God. You said some things. You, you wrote down some things, and right now, where you stand, and at the first Sunday of February, we're doing what we want right now. We're not doing what, what God birthed in our spirit at jubilee service or during our 14-day fast and what we wanted most now is taking the back burner and now we're looking at mountains that they seem insurmountable and I, I've come with a word from the Lord if you want that miracle and you want that mountain to move in your life, I say to you, we need to do a fresh evaluation and look, what am I doing now? And is what I'm doing now preventing what God wants to do most in my life? Somebody say amen. One thing I've learned through study and application, life will always move in the direction of your strongest thought. I'm going to say that again. Life will always move in the direction of your strongest thought. Because you will end up where and what you think about the most. You'll end up there. You're going to end up there. That's why faith may not always change the outer circumstances of life. But it will always change your outlook. And I hate to be repetitive, but I feel like I need to say that again for somebody that needs to write it down. Faith may not always change the outer circumstances, but it can always change the outlook. Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And frankly, that's, make, that's what makes all the difference. It's not always what's on the outside that matters. But on the inside, looking out is what really makes a difference. What's going to happen in just a few moments of time? You're going to go home. And you're going to go back into your home. And it's going to appear that the mountain didn't move. Tomorrow, you may get to, you may get to work and that mountain hadn't moved yet. But how are you going to respond? Is your faith seeing that mountain moving in God's timing? Is God working on your attitude and getting you to trust Him even when you don't understand? Even when you can't make sense of what's going on? Even when you can't put it on pen or paper? Just because the mountain hadn't moved yet doesn't mean it's going to not move. But what God has sent me to this desk to help us with. You may be worried about your children. You may be worried about your money. You may be worried about your health and job and future. And the list could go on and on. But can I remind you that the God that I'm preaching about. The God that I emphatically serve is not slack 
concerning his promises. It may not come when you want it, but I've lived long enough to declare he's always on time. But will you believe with me? Will you declare with me? He is a mountain-moving God. I said he's a mountain moving God. I've just got to change the outlook. I've got to change my perception. Well, I asked God last year to do it and he ain't done it yet. Ask him again. Well, God hadn't touched this need and he had to ask him again until you believe it strong enough and have a conviction. It ain't happened yet, but it's going to happen. He ain't done it yet, but he's going to do it. He ain't answered that prayer, but I know he can. Ooh. My, 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 my. Mm. So how do you change the way you think? How do you change the way you think, and how do you change your outlook? You got to capture destructive thoughts. How, do, how are you going to get mountains to move out of the way? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought to make it obedience to Christ. One translation that you're more familiar with says, we cast down imaginations. This translation says, we take captive every thought to make it, oh, you mean I've got control over my thoughts? Absolutely. If that thought comes into your head and comes into your mind, you take that thought captive. And if it speaks negative, if it's a naysaying spirit, if it's that that would be contrary to the word of God, you cast that thing down, you take it captive, and you make that thought obedient to Christ and his word. I just wonder what would happen in, a, in an audience this size, a church this size, if, this size, if we would begin the process of arresting our thoughts. Arresting our thought process. It says take captive. I just say do, do a citizen's arrest. I'm fixing to deputize some. I, there's some Barney Fives in here. I'm going to deputize today and say, you know what? You hear somebody speaking against the knowledge of Christ, against the word of God. You ought to tell them, get that thought under captivity. Get that thought under subjection and make it obedient unto Christ. If I say I can't, I won't. If I say I'm not good enough, I can't change, I'll never be happy. Do you know what the chances of you being your self-fulfilling prophet is? It's about 100%. But if I can get you to start speaking, I can, I will, I am good enough. Things are going to change. I will be happy. This mountain will get out of my way. Do you know what you're going to wake up one morning? I didn't even see the Caterpillar D9 or whatever those, the, I didn't even see it show up on the job site today. While you were sleeping, God was bringing in the heavy machinery. A lot of times you don't see when it shows up in the spirit realm and, and, and it could be a day or two down the road and where did that mountain go? What happened to that shit? I prayed, but my, I really... You'd be shocked at what God wants to do if you just get your thoughts working right. If you just get your thoughts brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How do I get my, how do I get my thought process so it will affect my faith positively? I got to fix my thoughts on spiritual things. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing. Fix your thoughts. I can't fix them. 
but you can. Fix your thoughts on what's true. What's, this is the New Living Translation. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. You don't know how close you are to getting your mountain to move. You don't know how close you are to rising on the inside of you with what I call an old righteous indignation that you would say, you know what, I'm about to prophesy my way out of this. I'm about to speak my way through this and watch my mountain be removed because I'm about to fix my thoughts on spiritual things. When I do that, when I begin to fix my thoughts on spiritual things, it's amazing. It's amazing. Everybody's still with me. It's 11.55. Do you know when I fix my thoughts, I'm going to fix my words. You will never fix your words until you fix your thoughts. Because your thoughts become words, and words become actions, and that's what's about to get loose in this house. Because if the Bible has said every one thing, everything in the Bible is true, but what I want to emphasize is Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue hath power of life and death. Change the life you have, and you change the words you speak. When you begin to make small changes in the words you speak, it produces big differences in your lives. But when you get your thoughts arrested, and when you get your thoughts fixed, your words will automatically flow from you differently. People go, who are you? You mean you're going through all of that? You mean you're... You mean you just got diagnosed with cancer and you're over here declaring God's still a healer? You mean you got to start chemo and you, you still got joy in your spirit? You mean your kids are doing what they're doing, but you still got a shout in your voice? And you've got dancing in your feet? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Because what hope do I have? What chance do I have for God to show up on my behalf if I get my thoughts off kilter? And I get my thoughts so out of kilter and I begin to curse God and say, just go on and kill me. You speak like a foolish person. But what if I got my thoughts rearranged? What if I got my thoughts fixed? And when I got my thoughts thoughts fixed. My words started sounding just when the phone call came. Okay. Oh, when you want me at the doctor's office. Well, ma'am, you didn't sound like I thought you. I, you know what? Y'all think I'm crazy, but I really ain't. This stuff does work. If you'll process it the way I... I don't know why God has allowed me to go through what I'm going through. I don't know why I've got to come to your office and take that round of chemo. I don't know who I'm going to talk to when I'm in the chair sitting beside the person next to. I may get It may get revealed to me that I would have never met them if I never went through this. I may get in there and I don't know. I may be the one that discovers the cure for the cancer and God get the glory. And God get the glory out of it. I don't know why God allowed this. I don't know why God did. I don't know. But I do know one thing. It'll never come to you. Has it not been through the fingers of God? If the mountain you're facing today, it looks so massive. It looks so daunting. Don't forget he made. Last time I checked, he spoke the hills and the valleys into existence. He spoke those things into what we get to enjoy. That's why the writer would say, count it all joy when you enter into diverse, diverse. I just wish the devil would just quit leave me alone. I just wish the devil would just go jump on somebody else. Just go, go mess with somebody else's marriage. 
Go, go mess with somebody else. Give my kids a break. Give my job. I just wish I had peace in my. I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost today. You got to start putting life back into your words. Sometimes we become our worst critic. We, we, we had an amazing minister's meeting this morning. and It was a subject that, that, that it was just kind of a rhythm. We all, how many in this room battles low self-esteem? Now, some of you, the, the rest of y'all can raise your hand and tell the truth. There are seasons of our life where, where we just battle low self-esteem. And the enemy traps us into feeling we're incapable. What I done when I was young, it disqualified me. The mistakes I made, I'm not worthy. What if I try and I fail? And we learn to tolerate mountains. And we learn to tolerate things in our life. And it becomes a prison for us. It becomes a trap of defeat that we live in continuously. But what if God could awaken a thought process? I said it in our minister's meeting. I told Brother Wesley when we were coming up with all of our community interest groups, our life groups, some, some of the best words that I'll take with me the rest of my ministry was what my pastor, Bishop Wayne Huntley, looked at me and he said, not knowing what I was wrestling with, but it was a word from God. He said, son, always remember this. An imperfect something is better than a perfect nothing. Well, you just don't know what I'm, I just don't feel like I can lift my hands in the house. I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I don't. And we sit here today and we talk ourselves out of the opportunity that our lips could speak deliverance over us. We disqualify ourselves from being the next Apostle Paul or the next Peter or the next John or the next Philip. We don't know. Because we disqualify, we have such low self-esteem. But God sent me to tell you this. Life desireth to come out of your words. Life desireth to come out of your words. Shut your mouth, you shut up the miracle. You shut your mouth... You'll see nothing good come out of your life. Shut your mouth and you'll stay in defeat. But if I can get your thoughts to start believing something good. And you would begin to say it. Somebody say say it. Then you will live the prophetic word in Proverbs 16. Gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You close your mouth, you're robbing somebody of a blessing. You close your mouth and that mountain will stay in its existence. You stay in that perpetual, that perpetual revolving thought process. I'll never get out of this. Things will never change. My marriage will never be happy. My marriage will, my kids, my job. And, but what if you started encouraging yourself? It's hard to encourage someone else for very long when you've not encouraged yourself. You got scripture? Oh, yeah, I, I do. David was, he, he was messed up. They were thinking of stoning him, Brother Rick. David said, hold on, hold on. I, I, I need to have a private meeting. David had to get all by himself. I'm sure his self-esteem was as low as a man and a king could get. But the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What are you saying, Pastor? If you want to see it, you better start saying it. Because you will eventually see what you say. When you say to this mountain, get out of the way. It's amazing that mountain. They really mean me. How many, how many have ever told your kids to do something they didn't do it? 
I mean, have you ever done that? You ever told? Everybody but Dr. Weaver. He did. He had never told kids. Abriella's just an angel. But how many have, how many have ever, oh, my Lord, my wife does me this all the time, so I can just use me. She'll tell me to do something. I'll act like I'm ignoring her. Did you hear what I said? And then she tells me again. I'm, just, I'm on my phone. Did you hear what I said? Oh, what did you say? No, she really don't do that. I listen the first time and I do as she says. But how many times are our mountains like we talk to humanity and our kids? We expect the first time we tell them. Now, in a perfect world, the first time I tell you, bless God, you better do it. If not, dear God, I'm going to get my belt off and I'm just. But how many times have Anyway, and we get distracted. We get, and it, I'm going to ask you again. Oh, oh, I, you meant you wanted it done now. I need you to take the trash out. Well, when, when she says I need the trash out, that means right now. Not, thir- not, not 30 minutes, not an hour, but right now. I need you to take the trash because I need the trash can. But see, I didn't sense from her. The first time, I didn't sense the urgency. She just expected me to do it because she asked me to do it. How many times is we, are we looking and are we talking and we tell our kids to do something and they don't do it? Guys, come on now. We, we got to go. We got to get to church. We got, come on. We gotta, uh, and they just drag in their feet. I, I, we'll get there when we come on. We got to go to prayer meeting. We got to get involved. We got to go to Bible quizzes. We got to go to outreach. And, and I'm just giving you an example. But sometimes perception is reality. And maybe we need to be a little more clearer with our request. You don't see Jesus beating around the bush. When he tells his disciples what to do. He says if you have faith. Their thoughts were all messed up. Matter of fact they came to him. With a little bit of an attitude. Musicians come. They came to him with a little bit of. Why can't we cast him out? We're just like you. We have been with you and seen you do miracles. But we can't cast it out. Can you sense this in the scripture? That's what verse 19 says. Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus just bold enough. To, because you don't believe. I say unto you. And here it is. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Ye shall say unto this mountain. Remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible. He, he arrests their thought process. He arrests what they are thinking. And he immediately comes back with an answer. He immediately comes back with, I'm going to tell you what to do. You may not like it. But he says, I'm going to move the mountain if you'll speak to the mountain. If you'll say what I'm telling you, that's the way it will be. I just wonder. Many times, if God is waiting on somebody to speak to a mountain, not this, now I lay me down my soul, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But I wonder what kind of answer would happen or when the mountain would move if I got in the presence of God, desperate crying, begging. Well, I thought he was a, he, he's a loving God. He's a faithful and a just God. But there was a little lady that, in the word of God that was so persistent that finally that unjust judge says, okay, okay, time out. That I'm not going to give you what you want, but I'll just, I'll just give you the crumbs from the table. You know what she... She may not have got what she wanted, but she got what she needed. 
So many times God's saying, if I gave you what you wanted, you would miss the provision of what you need that I have reserved in my hand. When we start saying, God is going to bless my marriage, and I'm going to do the necessary things to speak it into becoming better and better and better. My children will live for God. I'm going to believe that God's favor and hand will be upon them. When I start saying my body is the dwelling place for God, I'm going to start, feel, I'm going to start feeling better about who I am. And my self-esteem is going to, to lift and rise. Because with God's power, I am an overcomer. How many want to change the life that you live? How many want a better life? How many want a better life? Then we'll tell you how to get mountains to move and your life to get better. Change the words that you speak. Small changes in your words bring big changes into your life. I get your thoughts under captivity. I get your words speaking the word of God. Speaking the promises of God. I get you praying and fasting. I get you trusting. God begins to move things you thought were immovable. God begins to usher peace in like a river. I just wonder if you'd just stand all over this house. What do you need to move today? What do you need God to move in your life? you knew your words the words that you're going to speak I'm going to say it like this I don't want to call anybody Brother Edwin if you knew the words that you would speak today would move a mountain in your life whatever that mountain is what would those words be if you knew when you opened up your mouth that the words that I'm about to speak is about to move a mountain in my life. I think sometimes we make it a little more complicated than God intended for us to do. Brother Jake, what if God puts something in you, a dream for Decatur? And it didn't make sense to nobody else. But you started speaking it. You started praying it. You started fasting about it. You know what? It won't be long till that dream's going to come to pass. What daring prayers. What bold prayers. Are you willing to pray today? I hate to say it. Are you willing to pray prayers big enough? And, and, and so I dare you. When I was a kid, I double dog dare you. That means I really dare you to say it. I just double dog dare you to begin to speak to your mountain. Get out of the way. Move into yonder sea. Move into that place. It's already got an address. What if your mountain already has an address assigned to it and God's waiting on you? To speak it into that place. What if God's got a miracle? That healing. So to Tammy, I believe you got a test or something this week, don't you? Got a test, a scan. What if today in this house, I'm going to agree with you. That tomorrow or whenever that scan is, that when they go in there, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. That the cancer has responded in a favorable manner and we're witnessing them. Now, would I rather do that or, or, or be on this? Well, I just wonder if God's going to do it. I don't know. I've prayed before and God didn't heal. 
I feel like telling somebody, if that's the way you think I'm going to do like Jesus, you need to leave the room. You need to go on and get in your car and you need to go on and go eat lunch because I'm looking for a bunch of believers in this room that'll say, I don't know how and I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm going to take my last breath believing God can heal. I'm going to take my last breath knowing I've seen him heal. I've seen him walk out of the hospital. I've seen a marriage put back together. I've seen backslidden children walk down an old-fashioned altar and repent of their sins and live for God the rest of the I've seen God do it. It may not happen today, it may not, but I'm going to speak it till it comes to pass. I'm going to declare it till it happens. That's the kind of faith I'm looking for. Are there any radical believers in this room that'll step out of your seat? Are there any radical believers? I'm radical today. Brother Jeremiah, I believe your heart's going to be healed. I believe when the doctors, I believe it with all my heart that your heart is healed in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus. I speak and declare healing over you. Every valve, every muscle, that blood pressure will be normalized in Jesus' name. I speak it into existence. Sister Jones, that's it, Brother Cordova. That's it, sir. I believe the same God that created the lungs in her body is the same God that can go into that disease and they can say that mountain shall be moved. Do you have a mountain? There's no mountain high enough. There's no valley low enough that he can't get to you. Would you lift your hands all over this place? They're going to begin to sing and I want you to begin to speak to a mountain. I believe for it. God's going to do it. Get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. Move. Open that job. I received the best that God has for me. like doing this right now if you need a miracle and you need a mountain to move I want you to come and stand if y'all would just take a step back unless you need a miracle just take a couple steps back and it's gonna be a step of faith if you need a miracle I don't know that I've ever done this but I feel a prayer line if you need a miracle I want you to come and you stand right here that depression is about to leave right now God didn't send you to this house today by accident. But when I lay my hands on you, there's going to be a miracle that's going to flow in your body. You're going to begin to speak in a heavenly language. And there will be a peace like a river. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I speak it right there. That's it, Nick. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak it right now. I speak it right now. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, God, every thought I'm bringing into captivity. That's it, Jeremiah. 
That's it, Jeremiah. That's it, Summer. God, in your own infinite wisdom. I'm speaking to the mountain right now. By the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a mountain. There's a mountain. By the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus. Right now. There's a healing. There's a healing coming into this home. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. It's going beyond the physical. But God's beginning to do a
God's going to do it. God's got it. God's got you. God's got you.
I felt in the Holy Ghost. I know what you see right now possibly is still your mountain. Maybe you've prayed and it ain't moved yet. Maybe you've prayed and you don't feel a shift yet. Here's what I felt led to do. What I want you to do is link up with somebody else. And you begin to pray for their mountain. Forget yours. Why don't you just grab a hold of somebody's hand or put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Whatever's permissible. You may not know what their mountain is. But I wish you would pray for their mountain just as much as you would want yours to be moved. You pray for their mountain to be moved. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, you see every mountain. But God, I'm interceding for the mountain that I'm connected to. The mountain that my hand, that need that my hand is connected to. I'm praying for them. I'm believing for their breakthrough. I'm believing for their answered prayer. Mine hadn't happened yet, but I'm praying for yours. I'm praying. I'm praying for yours today. I'm believing God for the miraculous. Yes. Mountain, get out of the way. Get out of the way, mountain. I'm speaking it into existence for them. I'm speaking it for them. I'm speaking it for them. be a week of manifested mountain moving. May this be the week that what you prayed for and the answer arrives this week. May what you speak come to pass according to the will of God. I arrest my thoughts. I speak words that agree with His Word. And God, I depend on You to do the miracle, to do the mountain moving. And I leave you with one more thing a consideration that is not often talked about if the mountain doesn't move are you willing to climb if the mountain doesn't move well no that 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 just let that no uh uh-uh If it doesn't move the way you thought it would move, are you willing to put on some climbing boots? Are you willing to put in some time in prayer and fasting? Are you willing to be faithful when you don't understand and still declare the goodness of God in the land of the living? Are you willing to trust Him even if the mountain doesn't move like you had hoped? But you trust his greater purpose, his greater will, 
and that one day it shall be revealed. Some things we'll understand it better by and by. But will I walk through the rest of my life trusting, declaring, believing He can do anything. So the mountain, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'll trust you, Lord. I believe you. Lord, seal the word in every heart by the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus. Those that have tests this week, those that have scans, those that have doctor's appointments, those that are praying earnestly for situations, be with us. Lord, as we lay Sister Edith's body in its temporary dwelling place, God, I pray you comfort them with peace. God, comfort them with peace and assurance that one day we will see each other again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We leave this house, but not your presence. We leave the body of fellowship, but we remain the body of Christ. Go with us. Be with us. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you. Before you race out, try to greet two or three people.